You're listening to The Capital Table. Private capital markets have been evolving for many years, but never more so than in recent times. Take a seat at The Capital Table with leading experts discussing insights into the private equity and M&A worlds, and take away the knowledge you need to excel in a rapidly changing marketplace. We know this is one table you'll leave feeling full and satisfied. joining us at this issue of the Capital Table. Today we're going to talk about IT due diligence. I'm Steve Brady, the market leader for Transaction Advisory here at Witham. Uh, pleased to have joining me today Daniel Cohen-Dumani, the market leader of our digital and technology transformation practice, and as well uh, Max Hervey, uh, lead consultant in that practice. So, you know, certainly as we are working with, you know, private equity firms and strategic buyers uh, alike, uh, the importance on IT due diligence is becoming more and more prevalent, uh, the pace of things changing. And as we see it from our practice, smart buyers are really addressing these issues, uh, but many still shortcut the due diligence process. So excited to talk with Daniel and Max about this topic. So Daniel, uh, let's start with why IT due diligence is important. Yeah, th- thank you, Steve, and, and thank you everyone for joining today. Um, so I, IT due diligence is is becoming and it always has become important from from our perspective. Um, you know, for for those firm out there looking to acquire organization uh, with the complexity of technology the uh, ever-presence of technology in everything we do, uh, there's a growing need to ensure uh, proper due diligence. And, you know, more often than not, we've seen many organizations taking IT due diligence lightly. And what what we mean by that is just taking an inventory of uh, what the acquiring company uh, own uh, is not enough, right? Uh, you need to spend some time going under the hood, looking at the type of technology infrastructure that your acquiring company own, and what kind of infrastructure exists either on premises or in the cloud. And as more company are, are moving to the cloud, understanding what's out there, and how, how they subscribe, uh, if they own on-premises system, what licenses they have, um, and go deeper into understanding the applications that are used, the content, the data, uh, the processes around uh, the system used day-to-day, not just for uh, mission-critical con- mission operation, but for all operations. Um, as we see many companies becoming heavily dependent on technology and its ability to perform, ensuring that you have a great grasp and understanding um, during due diligence is critical. And, you know, what's going to be important during that process is to keep in mind to, one, understand the state, the current state, but also start thinking ahead about what is it going to take to integrate. Uh, And we're going to spend quite a bit of time today speaking about integration because obviously uh, if the acquisition is successful, there will be an integration period of moving that technology infrastructure. Uh, back in the days, you know, we had servers, so you could just physically move the servers and and everything was good. I think today it's more complicated. 
everything is somewhere hosted somewhere in the cloud and there's no sometimes any servers to move right there's content and and services to be migrating yeah that's a great perspective and you know i guess as we drill into this topic a little bit more and max as you you know focus your it due diligence efforts and many of the projects that you've worked on tell us a little bit more about those areas of focus and you know leading into the the integration stage yeah, hi everyone. First of all, uh, you know, thanks for having me. Um, I'm, I'm Max Hervé here. I work uh, closely with uh, Daniel and Steve on uh, integration work uh, in terms of um, IT infrastructure. So, you know, to to Daniel's point here, the, I mean, the landscape has changed pretty dramatically over the over the last few years. Right, it used to be uh, more of a traditional uh, companies, you know, going from on-prem servers to other on-prem servers. Uh, kind of the traditional IT you would think of, and now a lot more customers are, um, you know, rolling out cloud services, cloud infrastructure, and uh, you know, uh, when you do IT due diligence, you need to think about all of those various um, scenarios. Uh, what I mean by this is, you're not only not not only worrying about the on-prem uh, side of things, you're also worrying about the cloud side of things, and you got to really have a deep understanding of the two different types of technologies, right? We've seen that a lot of companies are, are more familiar with the um, with the on-premises technologies. You've got other companies more familiar with the, the latest and greatest from the cloud. But in order to kind of run those projects successfully, you really need to have deep expertise in, in both, right? Which we call hybrid, which is a combination of on-prem and, and cloud. So, um, so yeah, you know, there's a lot of, of challenges typically with, with those migrations, but um, you know, in terms of, of getting those projects to, to the finish line, it's very important not to, to, to take shortcuts during the IT due diligence, right? We really emphasize, emphasize the process uh, so we can make sure we understand all the potential risk for those types of projects, and we can basically define the roadmap based off of the findings from the, the due diligence. Yeah, that's great, Max. So as um you know, prior to getting to, uh, you know, a merger or an acquisition being official and getting the deal closed, you know, what are the steps that should be taken prior to that point? And, you know, and how do you plan for this process of post diligence and into the integration phase? Yeah, so, you know, I think that during due diligence as part of the due diligence process, it's it, it is critical to look at the target's company infrastructure, right? To make sure you are able to document um, the infrastructure, understand the process around maintaining that infrastructure. Uh, as this, the world we live in with uh, almost daily threats out there from a cybersecurity standpoint to look at uh, not only the infrastructure, but how it's being protected, right? And uh, the worst thing that can happen is you acquire an organization and within months of acquisition, there's a there's a breach, right? So making sure that um, not only you look and, and understand the landscape, but you understand the process to maintain and to secure uh, that infrastructure. And once you have established this landscape, uh, we call it sort of the current state or the documentation of infrastructure process, uh, business applications, content and data being managed. At that point, you can start planning uh, on how you're going to integrate the companies post 
uh, post acquisition. And so what are, with that, what are some of the more often overlooked challenges from an IT perspective during this M&A process, both before and after? You know, that, that, that's a great question. And I think that, um, you know, it, it's one thing to understand what's out there. It's one other thing to understanding the, understand the scale um, of um, the data, right? I mean, we live in a world that's creating a huge amount of data every day. And I think that every organization is sitting on a huge amount of data, right? And, you know, data is, is capital, right? Data is your intellectual property, right? That's, that's what you're acquiring, right? It, it's often stored into a computer system. And, you know, um, once you have a landscape, I think one thing that people overlook is how much data is out there because the size and the scale of uh, the data stored in those computer uh, or information system would determine the pace and the complexity of any migration, right? If you just take email, for instance, and I know, Max, you, you've done quite a bit of email migration, understanding, you know, hey, you're gonna have to integrate your email system, right? And potentially migrate if you're retaining years of emails and just having a good understanding of the size, right? The max and, and, and sort of the scale of what is it going to take to migrate, you know, uh, and integrate your email system. That's just one piece of the equation, of course, but that's one that, that we see a lot. So I think size and scale is, is very often overlooked. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I guess what are some of the other projects and challenges, you know, email being one you mentioned, Daniel, what are some of the other projects to consider? Um, you know, the, the bigger one, and, and Max, you're gonna you're gonna talk more about that. I'm I'm sure because you're 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 recently been engaged in a project uh, that that involved. Uh, you know, every company has uh, a directory of people, right? And you know, in the world of technology, we call that identity management. Every company has a way to manage identity of employees or vendors or customer outside of their organization. And when you want to integrate your organization, you have to start first integrating the directory max, right? So tell us some example of some of the challenges you've seen from a, from an identity management. No, you're, you're absolutely correct, uh, Daniel, right? Identity is, is key for those types of migrations where you're coming in from multiple systems, right? what we call the, the legacy uh, companies, and you're traditionally uh, merging into a single entity. So everybody has their own account. They, that account has access to you know, various applications, whether that's email, whether that's um, access to a file share, things like that. And now you need to make sure that everybody gets a unified, um, a unified identity to access uh, the new platform and the new, and the new system. So there's a, there's a lot of, of technical challenges with that. But the, first, the very first thing you need to do is make sure you, you set up some sort of coexistence. Right, so you know, on day one, you're really not going to have uh, that unified um, that unified scenario. That's going to be your end result. But at first, when you start those uh, M&A types of projects, you need to make sure that you know, of course, you know, all the various employees can talk to each other across organizations. You need to make sure you minimize the user impact as well during the process. So by setting up coexistence, let's say between uh, various email organizations or so exchange to exchange, they're going to be able to, let's say, share calendars across employees and organizations. 
um, you're also going to be able to, you know, merge, uh, let's say, global address lists, right? So when you're sending an email to someone who's part of the, you know, previous organization, you're going to be able to find that 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 record or that user record in your in your directory. So that's going to help with the collaboration um, at, at first, you know, during the beginning of the project. You know, ultimately, again, your goal may be more about kind of merging everything into like a, a single uh, a single platform. And that's where the migration is going to take uh, uh, take into effect, basically. Yeah. So, so identity is 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 a big project, often overlooked and not a top priority. I think I think Max, you you brought some great points about coexistence, right? Uh, you know, you you want to be able day one of the acquisition to be able to live together separately, still as one organization, but. With, with two separate IT organization in that coexistence mode, and then start moving things at the pace that makes sense, right? Uh, we've seen acquisition where the pace of migration was, was you know, uh, extremely fast. You know, the, the acquiring company had two weeks to migrate, right? Where, Max, you've been in a project where three years later, they were start cleaning up the mess, right? They were still working multiple identity and people didn't know where to log in and they had multiple accounts and and things were just not thought about. And, and you know, from an employee standpoint, if you don't think about those things, you know, as a either acquiring or acquired uh, uh, company, you know, it's not fun. Right? You, you want to remove the barrier of productivity um, and, and technology has to be worked on. You know, other, other thing, of course, you know, email, collaboration system, files, business systems, uh, reporting systems, databases, all of those things have to be uh, to be uh, considered uh, post-migration and, you know, thought about it during the M&A process, but of course worked on post-acquisition. Post, uh, yeah, those are all great points, uh, Max and Daniel. And let's talk for a minute about, you know, when you're coming from the two different technologies, two different platforms that companies are using. Talk about some of the unique challenges there and solutions for that. Yeah, you know, from as consultants, we wish everyone was on the same system. So it will make our life easier when we have to integrate and migrate. And, you know, there's been over the last five years, massive migration to the cloud. So people are in constant migration mode, right? Either just because they're moving from this to this, or because they're acquiring company. And I think we're seeing uh, more and more needs to move from one cloud to another one, either in the same cloud or across cloud. And, you know, frankly, when you think about the big cloud provider, Google, AWS, Microsoft, they didn't think that people will have to move from one point A to point B, right? They always felt like, hey, I'm in the cloud, you're in the cloud. Well, guess what? Company get acquired and company moves and, um, and there's a need, and, and I think that there's a lack of tool set to do that, right? So it's not it's not easy. So we've seen, you know, um, some organization moving from, you know, an acquired company on a G Suite moving to Microsoft 365, right? So we've seen the other way around too, right? And I think that um, you need to determine, you know, almost which of the cloud system will win, right? You know, if you're using Slack or Teams, you know, what are you going to use, right? And then you need to assess um how you're going to migrate so max i don't know if you have example of you know things you've seen moving from you know the di 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 different you know areas from point a to point b 
Yeah, no, to your point, Daniel, I mean, it's of course, it's always, you know, something that easier when you go from, let's say, Microsoft to Microsoft. It's, it's They have a lot of native um, integration points. It makes the project, uh, um, you know, smoother in terms of, of that process. Uh, however, yeah, and we've done a lot of integrations with Google as well, right? So with Google, you can do some coexistence uh, with Microsoft. Uh, it's not native like it is with Microsoft, but you have capabilities to do that as well. So we do always, you know, find find solutions uh, to 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 set up that coexistence. You know, there's a lot of third-party tools out there that also try to to bridge that gap. Um, on the Microsoft side of things, I want to say, you know, Microsoft. Is, been trying to add more capabilities to their to their cloud systems to help uh, companies merge into their their own system. Right, they've added some uh, free capabilities actually in uh, for the email scenario, for example, where you can bring emails from uh, from Google Mail over to Office 365. So now you don't have to uh, you know to invest uh, in uh, in like a third party tool for that process, for example. So you know we we're seeing a lot more uh, integration work. Um, and uh, and I do think that you know Microsoft and Google, all those vendors are starting to add more capabilities to kind of ease that process, basically. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, I think for our final topic, and this may be a, a brief discussion on something that will turn into another episode of the Capital Table, because uh, certainly not a small topic to talk about IT integration, but as you look at the deals you worked on, Max and Daniel, I mean, what do you see as some of the main challenges as you worked on those projects? And um, again, I think what the uh, appetite of our our listeners, because I think this is a topic we can explore further. Yeah, yeah, there, there, there are a lot of challenges, and I'm going to illustrate that. I'm not going to name the companies, but I'm going to illustrate that with a good example. Uh, we worked with a spin-off of a large uh, hotel company uh, who was spinning off their real estate division to a new company. And they had an agreement of use of certain information system and access to certain data, right? That, so that was part of the agreement, Steve, and negotiated and blah, blah, blah. So they came in and said, okay, let's get started. We're in the new company now. We have access to all of that data. Nevertheless, they realized two or three weeks into the new organization that they did not plan for a certain data set to be transitioned over, right? And now we're talking a massive organization with a lot of process, lots of legal aspect, and essentially it took them months to renegotiate the, 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 the buy agreement, right, or the selling agreement to get access to some data that they should have gotten access with, right, because of that spinoff, right? So that that is an example. So. You know, too too many people feel like you know what I'm 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 spinning it off I'm being bought and you know things are not carrying over right so that's an example of a spin-off but you know if if in the case of a pure acquisition I think not getting a, a great understanding or full picture of the IT technology is so um uh, uh, such a common scenario right. I think people rush and spend a lot of time doing financial, and Steve, you're in that every day. Tremendous amount of data and Excel modeling, and we, we got all the finance worked out, right? So we understand everything, but they're not putting the same amount of effort in technology, which is really, really driven those organizations where, you know, without that proper planning, they're not able to properly, you know, operate, right? Um, and I wish I think company will spend more time in in, in thinking about 
you know, technology like an asset, right? And a very important asset and, and model plan, you know, what are we going to do? And before we close the deal, we should already have some sort of a plan that, you know, within 90 days, 120, 180 days, we're going to accomplish those things. We're going to need those kind of resources. Uh, for instance, you know, as a uh, company being acquired, if I have vendor relationship, make sure those relationships are secure post acquisition, right? That you can have the you need the help for, uh, for you can have the help from your third party vendors uh, in order to continue and and perform that that migration. Um, you know, the the other thing that we we've, we've seen quite a bit is. Um, misunderstanding or not understanding the impact that the acquisition will have with the end users day-to-day uh, -day work, right? So, hey, you're making an acquisition, you bring over new employees, but guess what? Some people will have to uh, help, right, assist. Um, and, you know, many organizations don't see that, don't plan about that impact, right? Oh, we're going to need more help desks, we're going to need more engineering, we're going to need more people in HR to help and more resources to help for that transition. Um, and, and frankly, when you think about the potential impact, you see a lot of people or employees leaving a company being acquired just because it's chaotic, right? You know, it's too chaotic. You know, people didn't think about this. I can't access my system. I can't get to my email, can't find those old files. You know, I'm, I'm you know, so so people make, make quick conclusion. Um, you know, Max, I'm sure you've seen other things, you know, as as the latest project you are in sort of doing the clean up. What are what are those other things that that are often overlooked? Yeah, no, absolutely, Daniel. Um, so I would say, you know, over the, the last you know year or so, the, the main challenge I've experienced with those uh, M&A projects is the uh, the remote workforce due to the pandemic. Right. So, you know, as you know, M&A acquisition work uh, and integration is can be a complex project. In a traditional world, but with that remote workforce that added another layer of complexity around those uh, those engagements. Right um, now you had to worry or you still have to worry about your users connecting from home using uh, personal devices, personal laptops coming in from you know various angles, various locations. And of course, that has an impact with the uh, integration projects that we're running uh, for our customers, right? Is there um, is there a VPN into play to connect back to the uh, on-premises uh, documents, for example? Um, has cloud been deployed, right, so that users can access um, their you know their documents and their data seamlessly from from any location? So you know, again, now that we we have the uh, that that new scenario where everybody is working from various locations, that's a challenge that you know we we're working through it. There are solutions out there, um, but again, it needs to be planned from from the very beginning. It's not something like that you gotta pick up along the way. It really has to design. It has to be designed uh, that way from the beginning to ensure a successful project. And uh, and Daniel also mentioned the uh, the user experience. You know, to me, I mean, I, I'm a I'm a technical architect. I focus on the backend side of things, but I really also value the the user experience. To me, a project cannot be successful um, if you know users cannot connect easily to their to their systems after the migration. So I always focus on you know making sure we do a 
We do enough testing. We involve test users and pilot users into our process to get some feedback and make sure it's uh, going as smooth as possible for, for the employees, basically. Yeah, that's great, Max. Thank you. And Daniel and Max, what a great discussion about the uh, high level of the key IT issues in an M&A transaction. You know, as we all said at the top of this discussion, there's certainly a lot to uh, discover as you're going through the process of due diligence, but most importantly, leading towards the important parts of making the deal successful afterwards in the integration phase. So again, I think we'll pick that topic up on another episode of the Capital Table. Thank you both for your time today and uh, for everyone out there. We look forward to continuing the discussion. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, Steve. You've been listening to the Capital Table. For more information, please visit witham.com. Thank you for listening.